This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. I am Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog, and with me today is... Eric Anderson. And you run Nerd Chapel. Yes. So, shameless promotion, go to nerdchapel.blogspot.com, read his stuff, and look at his YouTube channel. (laughs) Yes, search for Nerd Chapel on YouTube, you'll find four videos. All right, and we are both in some kind of talk about nerdy things and Christianity. So, let's hop right to our topic today, which is depictions of faith in popular media. So, Eric, why do you want to talk about this? Well, I think the the reason I want to talk about is because we're at kind of a a time in history when media is all encompassing around us. When you consider media to be newspaper, television, movies. To a certain degree, books we read, comic books, it's on our cell phones, it's on our computers, it's on our televisions. People watch movies as they're flying places. They watch The kids watch movies in the back of the car on road trips or even on normal going about the day to keep them quiet. And it's media is everywhere we go nowadays. So it's something that is affecting us and the way it portrays faith is something we need to be aware of for both the good and the bad. Uh, I think it's easy for us as Christians to focus on the bad examples of faith just because it frustrates us so much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when just watching shows like Under the Dome where they've had a couple of very religious characters on there that wanted to kill somebody and were just all about doom and gloom and destruction. <laughs> hmm. I think as a rule, you could probably say that as a Christian, when you're watching any kind of, I know that people don't like this word, but secular media, mm-hmm. you shouldn't really expect to see a positive depiction or an accurate depiction of your religion because it's being written by people who don't share your faith. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're going to use the words and symbols they know from whatever their personal experience is or what they think they know about Christianity, and then that's what gets depicted. This is true, yes. And it's, you know, because we, honestly, we haven't really had a big effect on Hollywood. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do remember I was I was at a conference for arts at Willow Creek Community Church, which is one of the big, ginormous, multi-mega churches in Chicago. You know, they've got like five campuses, and their main campus has an auditorium that seats like 7,500 people. But they, they hosted a, a conference on arts in the church, so worship pastors and band members from churches and drama teams and tech teams all went to this to work on those different forms of art. And they actually had, surprisingly, uh, I don't remember which which one it was, but one of the producers from the X-Men movies was there. And this was way back when X3 came out. The, the bad one. Which was... <laughs> Yeah, it's not really the best X-Men movie of them no, all. it's, uh, okay. It's kind of like Rush Hour meets X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's got some interesting things, but it definitely did some things it should not have done. A lot of things it should not have done, actually. <laughs> yeah, killing off so many people probably was a great idea. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Apparently, they have something in common with George R. R. Martin, but anyway, he came, and one of the things he said is, you know, the church has the best message, and the best stories to tell 
but Hollywood seems to have the best production and the best ways of telling them. On one level, I agree in in terms of the pure visual spectacle. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you compare from, let's say, when the original X-Men came out to when we're being bombarded with the deluge of Marvel movies. Yes. <laughs> that the production values have gone way, way, way up. Yep. And they, they kind of just churn these special effects extravaganzas out. Yeah. But the story remains very much the same across a lot of the Marvel films. And I know that's because they can't take risks, but it's also because they don't know what stories to tell. I mean, you get the origin story or you get the kind of slow advancement of the comic book mythos. But you don't get like... We we as Christians don't get to kind of dictate what secular culture is doing with their technology. Mm-hmm. Even if our story is really cool, I mean, you get either an evangelical audience that is making films like, I don't know, The Son of God, for example, or the right. Bible miniseries, that kind of thing. Yep. But it, the production values, and there's just not enough spectacle there for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. when there is a Bible movie like Noah, you end up taking a lot of creative liberties with it, so it ends up not being quite the same story as it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why my growth group didn't go to see Noah's, because we felt like that... It was pretty obvious they were taking too much liberty. On my own, I want to see Noah. I haven't seen it yet. I'm, you know, at some point, I want to watch it. But you know, it's for entertainment. It's not going to be for for huge truth. Although I, I, I do think that we can find bits and pieces of biblical truth in mainstream media because God puts pieces of himself in every culture. I didn't you know when, that. I, when I was in Jordan, you could see how much they really cared about hospitality and just making sure you're doing well and and such and here in america we don't quite get that aspect of god's character of of hospitality but they do over there even though they have a lot of other things (laughs) you know they're all focused on earning instead of receiving grace so it's one side of the coin or the other (laughs) yes yeah uh and I, i i think part of it is we have to be aware of what we're taking in yeah, having a critical eye is really important in this sort of thing. Yeah, I think we need to be aware of what we're taking in, and we need to be... I, I think when we do find a good example, we need to show a lot of respect and appreciation for it. Because uh, I think sometimes we see it something good, and we just move by it quickly. Whereas other times we see something bad, and the internet goes all crazy. <laughs> I mean, when Spider-Man 3 came out, which, again, was not the best comic book based on its source material, or best movie based on its source material, there was actually a Bible study that someone put out to go along with it that you could get. And I heard about it a little bit, just tiny bits. I saw once or twice saw something on the internet. The rest of the time, all you could hear was was nerds talking about how they didn't like the things that they messed up with the movie. A Bible study on Spider-Man 3? Well, using it, yeah. You mean like Emo Parker? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm guessing, I didn't actually see what the study itself was. It was, you know, something that pastors or youth pastors could download and go through with their kids, which is a whole different topic of, you know, where should the church and the commercial media meet. I'm sure a few people used it. I didn't hear of anybody using it. I didn't see it myself, so I don't know what kind of quality it was. And I'm guessing, based on the movie, that it was a lot about forgiveness. 
because that's one of the main themes of the movie is vengeance versus forgiveness. But there have been things out there that we just kind of overlooked or or just didn't really utilize very well. Could you provide an example of that, just so like the audience is a little more clear? <laughs> well, I think most of our audience probably watched the Firefly series. I would guess. And I haven't, and I feel bad for not having watched it. You should. You should. <laughs> I feel bad. I haven't watched anything Joss Whedon has put out at all. So, just putting that out there. Maybe except Lord. the Avengers movie. but <sighs> <laughs> Why are you sighing at me? I just, well, okay, there's been a few things I haven't watched. I, I did not see very much of his Buffy series. And I did not see very much of... Dollhouse? Um, yeah, Dollhouse. I, I saw a little of it, not very much. Um, and probably not Cabin in the Woods, I would guess. There, did you direct that or did if you If it's the it? one I'm thinking, I tried to watch it and turned it off. But the one I'm thinking had such a ridiculous nude may not be one. <laughs> <laughs> just because Josh does a lot of good work. And he's one of you directors or directors out there that does honestly want the characters that he writes to be portrayed fairly sincerely. You know, he, as an atheist himself, you wouldn't expect very much of, of his writing of a faith character. But yet, when you look at Shepard Book, even when you d- first meet Shepard Book, I always forget if it's Book or Booker. I always want to say Shepard Booker, or then I want to say Shepard Book. But when you first meet Shepard Book in Firefly, one of the first things he does is... He goes into the shuttle of um, Inara, who is a prostitute. Uh, hmm. They call her, they call them companions, not prostitutes, but that's what they are. And he goes in there and, and she's like, first he says, you know, this isn't really a place you could just come in to see me anytime you want. You know, this is my private sanctuary. And he does so, so he says, oh, sorry about this. She's like, so did you come to come to give me a lecture? He says, well, I've got plenty of lectures prepared, but I just thought you would like some dinner. And he comes in with a servant's heart just to bring her a meal. That is Uh, a surprisingly positive depiction. Yes. Yes. And throughout the series, he becomes very much a mentor in the group and is constantly helping people and sticking by. He's constantly sticking by his principles. But he's also very kind and helpful, which is one thing we need, you know, to think about with our own lives. It's are are we being kind and helpful to the people around us, and we focus so much on pushing our own agenda that we don't honestly give someone good advice. Which obviously the Bible has the best advice of all, but I think sometimes we get so caught up in disagreements over that that we just. Don't let the kindness and love of Christ show the way that we should. Another example from we- Joss Whedon is, is just how Captain America sticks by his guns. Not just in the Avengers, but even in uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier, how he, he stuck by his principles, not wavering, despite everything that was going on around him. And, and then, if, if you really do want to consider Spider-Man 3, you do have that point at the end where Spider-Man actually forgives the guy that killed his uncle. Verbally, face-to-face forgives him. 
Now, obviously, Spider-Man is not necessarily a Christian character. Yeah, but I, I think, think Nightcrawler that... is a more specifically Christian character, Catholic. Yes, yeah, very Catholic. And he had an awesome example uh, from a cutscene in X-Men Legends, which was a very good video game. I actually played more of the second one than the first one. But there's this cutscene early on in the first X-Men Legends game on the original Xbox where... You come in and you meet him in a room, and he starts talking. He just talks about having peace with God and being just seeking to be at peace with people. And it is a very uh, maybe maybe that cutscene is available on YouTube. Someone may have you know thrown it on there if you can find it, and you haven't seen it before. Check it out because it was really really good. Yeah, actually, I think in the X Men Saturday Morning cartoon that was on Fox, like what was it, in the nineteen nineties. They do a similar yeah. thing, right? And Nightcrawler yes. like says the gospel so directly, it's bizarre <laughs> to see it in like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, I, and I need to watch that sometime again. But right now, I've got the original Transformers that I'm going through for my cartoon. <laughs> there is there Christianity in there, huh? <laughs> Not that I've seen. No. No, too many giant robots, probably. Yeah. Although I, I would say that. Optimus sets a great example. I think Jesus would love the example he sets of not wanting to hurt those with less power than you and how protective he is of humans. But there's not anything explicitly Christian. I think faith has been popping up a lot. Maybe not Christian faith, necessarily. But I'm just thinking of a couple shows off the top of my head. Lost likes like to mess around with that a whole lot. It did, yes. Yeah, and frequently without... Being very specific about what kind of spirituality we're talking about. This is true. So I think a lot of shows I've seen recently are more like that than they are in a specific religious sort of way. Mm -hmm. Because I guess it's easier to for people of various religious denominations or whatever to insert themselves into the character and relate to them in that way. So, like you know, I mean, somebody could quote anything that sounds like a biblical text. And it, it kind of resonates for most people. Yeah, especially in a culture where we've grown up where it's so easy to find copies of the Bible. Yeah, that too. Um, I mean, you could just whip it out and then just quote it and boom, there you go. You got something that sounds meaningful, even if it's out of context or whatever. Well, in looking at um, the new show Crossbones. Pirates, yeah. Pirates, a, a show about pirates is the last place you would expect a, a serious discussion of theology, but most, almost every episode so far has had some sort of a discussion about theology or a Bible story. And there's there's one episode. I think it was the third or fourth episode. One of he's he's one of Blackbeard's underlings, or Edward Teach, Commodore Teach, as we should say, and he is he's one of the men under his command on the island, and. He, uh, he at one place started with the character and they say, so what is it like being so connected with the Commodore so much and, and being a part of his life so much? And he says, well, it's weird. He's always talking about the Bible. He says, what use has, a, has that has theology for a man like me? And then he goes on to relay the majority of the story of the prodigal son. And he doesn't really mention, you know, toward the end, he he doesn't mention 
what the father says to his oldest son when he says, you know, everything I have is yours. Although yeah. we ignore that even in churches quite more than we should. Yeah, because it um, just kind of ends. <laughs> yeah. Once they reunite. He, he relays a story, and you can tell it has so much application for his character and so much for him, but he just cannot see it. He is so close to his own example, his own nearly identical example to that story that he just cannot see how much uh, connection it has to his life. Um, that is a strange way to write a character. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I, it's kind of in that connection where I think Commodore Teach is kind of treating him as a son, and he just doesn't understand the Commodore Teach is trying to say, I, I, you know, I care about you no matter what you do. And, and that's a weird thing. I mean, the idea of Blackbeard constantly talking about theology is so weird to us, but it's constant in that show. Huh. <laughs> it sounds really weird. Yes, it does. <laughs> I just... Did that directly... Like, hey, I'll, I'll take it because it's you know, not that his perception of theology is good but that he has one and he's willing to talk about it and then along with being willing to talk about it it gives us as viewers a chance to build some discussion on it or some food for thought even. and so that, that's been interesting I've been watching that as of late but what are I mean I keep going on here Zachary but what are some of your interesting experiences with media and faith in video games specifically the kinds of games i play don't seem to deal with it in any real sense i mean i'm just off the top of my head i played through metal gear solid the last four days or so and their depiction of faith is non-existent sure but it's more like faith in yourself because the theme of the game mostly is about control and fate and can you change the way you are or are you determined by your genetic code? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And the solution that the game presents is to have faith in yourself and just to live and to do things because you're a human being and you're strong, etc., etc. I mean, typical humanist message, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's true of a lot of Japanese games because Japan is a culture in which... Basically, multiple religions can coexist, and it's not a problem. Yes. Multiple traditions. I mean, it's the same way, like, Japanese Christians used to integrate Buddhism and, you know, icons into their religious worship. And it was really weird when the Portuguese came over and after a while and saw this. But so I a lot of the games kind of have this you know, just pick and choose elements of religions. Like Final Fantasy, for example. A lot of the summon monsters are just, like, whatever. They just take a name, like Ifrit or Shiva or something, from any religious tradition, and they turn that into a summon monster. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very strange to us, but to them, it's, you know, it's okay. And on the other hand, when it comes to Western games from either Europe or America... I have not found that many games depict faith in a positive sense. Right. So, just typical example. Probably, like, Fallout series has your own religious zealots, that kind of thing. You know, like, 
gods with them, and then oppression of women and slavery. Of course, the bad things are attached to religious people, so, you know, because it wants to demonstrate that they're an ideology that is opposed in some way to things that are morally right and good. So, that's typical. But, as far as I know, uh, Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind has a more positive depiction, so far, that I've seen. In that, like, the main character is kind of, you know, the promised messiah, that sort of thing. And there are a bunch of religions that have different ideas about what you, the character, who is supposed to be this like, born-of-God figure is supposed to be doing in the world. And each of them kind of has a different perspective, but it the game doesn't have any kind of moral judgments regarding whether or not this is right or this is wrong. Because what happens is you end up embodying all the better elements of all of these strange peoples and religious traditions on your way to completing the game. Mm. Obviously, that was years and years ago, and Everybody knows kind of like Skyrim and Oblivion now when it comes to Elder Scrolls, but... And those are mostly about, like, going to Viking heaven and fighting dragon demigods, so... That's typical fantasy fare for you. Yes. Yep. So religion and video games kind of have an ambiguous relationship. Like, at least organized religion. Disorganized, Mm. magic, pagan, whatever kind of things, those end up getting more play because they can be more easily integrated into game mechanics, either conflict or otherwise. So, like, you're not going to... You know, Jesus video games never kind of took off. Yeah, I've got this book that I have yet to read. I just bought it Saturday. But I've yet to read this, so we'll see how I feel after I read this. It's called Everyday Apocalypse, and it's The Secret Revealed in Radiohead... The Simpsons and other pop culture icons. Huh, Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, it's written by a guy named David Dark, and I'm just looking forward to giving it a read and, and finding out what's out there beyond nerdum that I don't know about. Because I know a lot of a lot about things in nerdum in general, television stuff like that. But this, I mean, the thought of finding finding truth revealed in the Simpsons. Hmm. That is going to be intriguing. Well, it may not be that. I mean, you can kind of find themes of faith anywhere. I'm not sure whether or not that's because we're Christians and we're viewing it from that perspective or that it's written in that way. Right. I I always wonder about this because it's like, am I kind of projecting my own thoughts and feelings into this media or is it actually have a Christian thematic underlying it? Because I see, like in video games, I don't see any kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I, I could certainly find something that was spiritual and faith-related and that sort of thing. But I know the cultural context it comes from, so it's hard for me to relate to it in that way. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think we all have different experiences with it. Like, when I saw the recent Spider-Man movie, The Amazing Spider-Man, I came out with just crazy because of one thing that happens at the very end where God kind of said, see, you you do your part, and I'll show up. And it's like God met with me in the mood, middle of a cinematic movie experience, which, which is kind of weird and odd, but not a terrible thing at all. Um, <laughs> it was something I enjoyed, actually. And I think, do you remember, did you ever read Bill Hybo's book on Whispers from God? No, I have not. But if you could give me a general synopsis, that would help. 
Basically, it's it's all about. I mean, I haven't read the full book myself, but I've heard about and heard so many messages based from the book. You know, it's all about just listening for God to give you little hints and clues here and there, and just letting Him speak to you through the Holy Spirit. And I think that as we continue to study the Bible, obviously we need to keep that as our number one thing. So if we start focusing on media so much that we're just ignoring the Bible, then something's going to be wrong. But as we keep studying the Bible and keep praying and and listening for God, I think he will speak to us in forms we don't really expect. I mean, certainly what Jesus did was not expected by the Pharisees. Uh, and I and I don't mean that he'll change anything. Certainly he won't do anything as culturally changing as what Jesus did because he came in and said, okay, well, let's throw out these rules, but let's keep these... <laughs> And, oh, you know, those, we actually need to go deeper into these thoughts. And on a personal level, I think he'll take us deeper sometimes with media. And like I said, we need to be keeping things in check with the Word of God. But I think it's about keeping our eyes open. You know, Paul mentions in Romans that God has placed evidence of himself in creation itself. And so I think it's hard for any anybody that writes and directs and does media to not somehow have something from God in there. Not that it's impossible because we're humans and we are have our depraved side of us as well as the good side of us. Yeah. All that to say that I, I think sometimes it is either us or the Holy Spirit inferring something with a media and other times I think people put in things about faith that are accurate when they don't even realize how accurate it is um, because they've seen something of God in creation, but they haven't yet connected it with the word of God itself. And so you've got, you know, Optimus Primes fighting for earth and telling Megatron, no, this is wrong. You can't just take over like this. Not because the person loves God's, loves the biblical idea of, treating everyone respectfully and, you know, being at peace, but because he's seen in nature and in creation that we we need to be treating each other with this kind of respect and peace. And you'll have, you know, I mean, I remember what, I haven't watched The Simpsons in years because I was never a big fan because of the less than, uh, less than wholesome humor they often put into it. But I do remember times when I saw an episode and at the very end I'm like wow they actually did present an interesting moral thought at the very end a good moral thought Hmm. and just being surprised I would see it there so it's but I I think you're right I think there are times when we just infer things ourselves and that's not always a bad thing I think sometimes if, if you find truth in an example I think it's not a bad thing to use it but you know like we were saying earlier I think we need to be guarded And just understand that media has an effect on us. So what do you think about two people seeing... Okay, so two people see the same movie, right? Okay. They see totally different things in it. Or let's say video games. Two people see totally different things in it. So Mm -hmm. let's, let's just assume both of them are Christians, right? One of them says, this is something that has a great message behind it, and we should 
support this movie or at least see it from our Christian perspective. Whereas the other person says, no, this is bad and we should reject it. Now, how do you reconcile those perspectives, right? I mean, you see something of faith in popular media. Maybe one person sees bad, one person sees good. So is that a stumbling block kind of situation? Or is it more that two people are just seeing something from different sides or like one person sees a glass half empty or half full. Well, first of all, it's something that happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, I don't even <laughs> need to mention Harry Potter because, you know, yeah, <laughs> but it, it definitely happens all the time. And I think it's, I think it's, it's a few different things we have to remember about this. One is that humanity has both a good side and a depraved side. You know, we were created in God's image. And there was good that God put into us from the very moment of creation. Yeah, created in the image of God and that sort yes. of thing. On the flip side to that, because of some choices we have made, we also have a lot of depravity in us. So there is a huge potential for both good and depravity in anything we do. Because we have both of those sources. And one of the things that Jesus wanted us to do when he was giving us his teaching was to learn to lean more toward the good side and less toward the depravity side. So we have to keep that in mind. And what that means in practicality is just being honest that there's going to be a lot of movies and things out there that are just that have both of those in them that have a few good moments and a few things that okay, you know, I don't think that I really like that. But do we reject the view of the other person who sees good in it? I don't, I think we have to end up taking one side or the other. Yeah, because we always have to fall on one side of a conflict. (laughs) Yes. And I think we need to learn to respect each other's opinions and to say, okay, well, I may not agree with him, but how can I learn from him? Because I think we sometimes have this idea that if we don't agree with someone, we can't possibly learn from them. And I think that idea is not always helpful. Look at David and Saul and how they disagreed in so many ways, but David still had so much respect for him and would not lift a hand against him. Yeah, and Saul was definitely trying to kill him, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and, not exactly a thing you would normally do. Yeah, exactly. And I, so I think those of us who, who do find bits of truth in fictional stories in mainstream media, we need to be aware that there are some things that aren't so good. And I think that when we meet someone who focuses only on the negative, we need to handle that with respect and grace and just just carefully find little ways of saying, but what did you think about this? Uh, and and not, not be overly pushy, but not ignore the good things when we're sharing with them either. And I think we just need to be learning from each other instead of focusing so much on getting our own thing across. Not that I've ever done that, you know. <laughs> uh, although I, w- I will say that I've had this tendency before. If, if I really respect someone and they say, like, I remember a teacher in my middle school telling me how she was just reading about the evils of Pokemon. The evils of Pokemon. I don't think it's necessarily evil. No. It could be addictive. Right. That's a totally different subject matter, though. Yeah. Uh, and my, you know, as a as a seventh grader or eighth grader, I automatically went to this thought plan of, okay, well, he said, talk about, the, well, he was a Pokemon. 
Oh, so, so those Pokemon are actually demons, and oh man, I better stay away from that, because... You know, so, so there I was as a very easy-to-influence middle schooler who automatically jumped to these assumptions instead of really taking a look and seeing what was going on. Yeah, associating Pokemon with demons. Whew. Well, yeah. well, there is one thing. I did get Pokemon banned from my school, if that makes really? you feel any better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I introduced it, so it's my fault. I went to a Christian school when I was, you know, public, you know, I didn't go to public school. So when I was there, you know, I got Pokemon when it first came out and I got my friends into it and they got addicted and then everybody else was and people were doing Pokemon trades during recess and not playing like normal children. (laughs) And then the Pokemon cards Mm -hmm. came out and yeah, so. And uh, the school did not necessarily approve of Pokemon. But they let it go for a little while until it just mm-hmm. got too obsessive and then they basically just banned it wholesale. And the same with any other property like Digimon or Yu-Gi-Oh! that came right after it. So. Mm. <laughs> but I don't yeah. think Pokemon is necessarily bad. I don't think they wanted it. They didn't think it was necessarily evil or demonic. They just thought it was just kind of messing around with kids' heads when they should be at school, right? <laughs> Yeah, maybe they thought it was distracting. Yeah, it's a real big distraction when you're thinking about you want to trade your Abra and your Kadabra and your Machoke so that they can both evolve at the same time. Yeah, and I think that's what one friend of mine would say about his experience with Warhammer 40k. Or not 40k, but with... Regular Warhammer? The video game. World of Warhammer. Wow, W-O-W. Oh, World of Warcraft, okay. World of Warcraft, yes. Yeah. I keep thinking Warhammer because that's what he plays now is he plays a lot of Warhammer 40K. But, uh, yeah, you know, he went through a... Well, he was one of those people when WoW came out that got so focused on it that he wasn't working and he was just doing that all day long, day after day after day. And it it was really distracting him from everything else in life and so his mom started praying that his computer would shut down and it did and he got it fixed and started playing again and she started praying that his computer shut down and it did <laughs> and it just kept happening and he's like mom stop praying like that and um, you know but for him it wasn't so much that World of Warcraft itself was evil it was more that it was becoming an, an extreme addiction for him. Yeah, so the thing in itself, like the themes or whatever, weren't bad. Yeah. But it's just, <laughs> if you're not doing anything else, yeah. it's hard to be a Christian and do those sorts of things. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think when we do hear that someone has something against some form of media, we need to be understanding about, okay, what's really going on here? Um, I remember a girl in college that, you know, we were at one of these things and this guy was talking about music and kind of putting out warnings against rock and roll. I think what he really meant was mainstream rock and roll and, and particularly the brand that has really bad lyrics. But she had grown up in a church where they honestly significantly preached against rock and roll. And so she just went up there and said, hey, so tell me, you know, Tell me why you were so concerned about this. And just took the time to listen to him. Hmm. Um, her favorite band was Switchfoot. And 
So she obviously was not against rock and roll, but she took the time to be understanding when someone tries to challenge it. Against rock and roll. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad... Most forms of media go th- have, at least modern media, have gone through some sort of point where churches were preaching against them. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest here. We haven't exactly had a good track record of of accepting new forms of media. Or uh, our rejection of it gets dismissed as a lot of hullabaloo. <laughs> yes. Because at least one church I went to, whenever Grand Theft Auto V was released kind of criticized it and said it was bad and all that stuff. And, I, you know, I'm not saying that's not true. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that that criticism feels irrelevant to my generation mm. when they're kind of consuming media. You know, just telling them it's bad and wrong and you shouldn't be doing it is more of an encouragement to go do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so that kind of language may not be helpful. And I, I it's, it's not about telling him it, – it, it's not about saying – this particular thing is bad and this particular thing is good. It's more about teaching people and learning ourselves to disseminate what is bad and what is good. To think for ourselves and to recognize things that are having a bad influence and to recognize things that are having a good influence. Instead of having a list of this is bad, this is good. That's basically what the Pharisees were so well known for is this is bad, this is good, this is bad, this is good. Don't think for yourself, this is bad, this is good, this is bad, this is good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think sometimes in our, in modern Christian circles, we kind of slip into those modes. Yeah, it's very easy to kind of get a list of stuff. Yes. And then just tell somebody, like, don't do it. I mean, it's yeah. easy, but it definitely has zero nuance, which is something Christ- Jesus had a lot of. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he goes off... It, you know, they they come to him, they bring this woman to him, they say, she's caught in adultery. Of course, they didn't bring the guy, they just brought the woman. Um, and they say, our law says we should stone her. So what should we do? Stone her, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a lot of us have said. And Jesus says, you know, he, he writes on the sand, which we still don't know what, why exactly he was doing it. Or, or what he wrote. But, and then he looks and says, well... If you're without sin, you can do it. And they all just not really expecting that answer. We're just kind of shocked, especially the older ones. And so as the younger kids saw the older ones dropping their stones and walking away, they did it. But then instead of going over to her and celebrating with her that they were leaving her alone, well, he he, he did celebrate it, but he it, instead of being gleeful with her, he said, okay, they don't condemn you. I do not condemn you either. But do not continue in this. Hmm. So it's not a celebration of the victory. It's more of like, you might need to fix yourself. <laughs> right. And and it was, it was. you know what? Here's a second chance. This, this could have been an end. Instead, it's a second chance. So use it correctly. So think about applying this to modern culture then. Mm-hmm. How do we tell people... Or at least give them the tools to discern things for themselves without kind of making blanket statements about stuff. Because let's say you kind of have your Christian person who thinks Game of Thrones is okay. I don't know. I mean, that's the the most egregious example I can think of off the top of my head. (laughs) Right. Or Grand Theft Auto, whatever. How do you say, you know, how do you make a, a wise decision as to what media you consume for what reasons? Mm-hmm. I 
I think, again, I think it means comparing what we are taking in with what we are learning from the Bible and actually ourselves, okay, what what am I seeing here? How is this influencing me? And I think it, it, we need to realize that it's it's not something that will get right immediately. I think I think fig, figuring this out is is not not just something you learn at one time, but I think it's a skill that has to be developed and grown, kind of like a muscle. Hmm, interesting way to put it. <laughs> yeah, because when you go go out and you're stacking bricks or building a house or whatever you know, doing physical labor, you have to, you know, as a kid, you had to learn how to control your muscles and, you know, how to put your body in the correct position or that correct position. And, and you know, sometimes you found, I didn't really put my body in a very good position for that particular attempt of what I was doing. Like walking. <laughs> yeah, you know, th- that's why I hit that pole was because I didn't exactly, you know, I didn't have my eyes open. And so I think it's going to be a process of, to a certain degree, a process of trial and error. Because there may be things that you think will affect you horribly and somehow you get exposed to them and you're like, oh, okay, that didn't quite affect me. But then there'll be things you're like, oh, this is could be so great. And you walk out like, oh, boy, do I feel terrible. <laughs> and you just have to, you have to learn them is it's part of it. Like I, you know, personally just kept away from Game of Thrones because I know that the nudity would have an effect on me that I don't need. Yeah, um, and you know yourself, so. Yeah, that when I talked to this girl at Swing Dance and she talks about how she loves watching Game of Thrones, did I freak out? No. no. <laughs> you did go, you know? no! <laughs> no, I, no I, I think knowing your own limits is part I think comparing what you are experiencing with what you learn from the Bible is, is another part of it. And I think, you know, talking, like, when you get done with the movie, don't be afraid to talk with someone and say, okay, what did you think about this? You know, and, you know, with Theology Gaming University, what do we see a lot? We see people saying, hey, so I played this game, what did you think? Yeah, and we all kind of pull in our diverse opinions about whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and we don't usually come up with, a, like, a solid answer. We... A lot of us kind of draw battle lines, unintentionally or no. Right. But we end up coming to some kind of strange agreement at the end of it. (laughs) Yep. And, you know, my my oldest brother and I disagree in that I think, you know, he he claims he's heard thousands of preachers preach that D&D is completely evil. And I'm like, well, it really depends on what you do with the story and what you do with the world that's there. And he and I don't fully agree. That happens sometimes. Yeah, um, full agreement would make it a little less interesting. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's still been a couple times where I just said, okay, God, you know, help me to to understand the limits here. And I think that's another big part of things is just being open to the Holy Spirit and just being willing to recognize when, again, being open to his whispers to, uh, when he tries to say, hey, you know, this isn't so good. Or when he tries to say, hey, you know, that thing you just saw in that movie or that cut scene or that direction you have the opportunity to take with that video game choice. Here's what I said in the word. So think about it. Connect these two, you know? Yeah. God Um, can give you the pieces and you can put it together if you're paying attention. Right. And you might need his help, 
of course. <laughs> you know, we tend to kind of need that. But it starts with actually paying attention and not just ignoring. Hmm. So, do you have any final thoughts on this subject matter? <laughs> it's interesting when we do pop culture and Christianity, because there are so many ways for them to link up. But it's yes. more about seeing depictions of faith in media and other things through a Christian lens. And sometimes you need to kind of take a... You, sometimes you can't just turn your brain off. <laughs> this is true. You yeah. just need to take a step back and critically evaluate what kind of media you're intaking. And also find ways to convey how that media should be received by other Christians. And then furthermore, to see it... Like when you're talking to, let's say, your non-Christian friends, there needs to be mm-hmm. some way to communicate, like faith, and you can use popular media as a way to do that. So there's many ways you can use that kind of thing. That's at least my final thought. <laughs> yeah, and and I I agree with that. And I just you know on the on my blog on nerdchapel.blogspot.com, I briefly talked a little bit about how the last ship and crossbones are having certain things to do with faith. And actually, The Last Ship, even, they actually had, on their recent episode, they actually had a prayer, which was fairly good. You know, they they didn't specifically call out Jesus' name, but it was a fairly good prayer, and they actually quoted Moses. They actually quoted something from the Old Testament in that same scene. And they didn't ignore the fact that when sailors get into this bad situation, it's a good idea to pray. So, that was cool to see. Um. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I I guess I my last thoughts would be to keep your eyes open, but don't be afraid to. Yeah, know your own failings. Yeah, know your yeah. own failings so that you can test things accordingly. Yes. All right. So, I think we've kind of exhausted it. <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah. Especially with just the two of us. Yeah. It's hard sometimes, you know. All right. So, thank you for listening to the Theology Gaming Podcast Sessions, whatever I end up calling it. <laughs> if you'd like to know more about us, let me do some more shameless promotion. I'm Zachary Oliver. I run the Theology Gaming blog. I write something every day. Or I post a podcast, whatever. You can find me on Theology Gaming University, which is our Facebook group. Just send me an invite. Come join and talk about video games or pop culture or whatever with us. I'm always on there. (laughs) Eric Anderson can be found at Nerd Chapel, which you could Google. And he also has a YouTube channel. And they talk about the intersection of pop culture and fandoms and nerddom, I guess is the way to put it. Mm -hmm. And faith. Yeah. Nerdum and faith. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much video games, but we're making an exception. Yeah. And I do sometimes talk about video games, yeah. just not as often as the other things. Yeah, not as much as me. <laughs> True. Uh, so, this has been Theology Gaming. Say bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>